What is up, fanboys and fangirls? Welcome to another Review Point podcast, coming to you, of course, from fanboysanonymous.com. I'm your host, as always, Tony Mango, and my targeted review for this edition is the latest DC film in whatever the hell they're calling this series of unconnected films that may be connected, but may not be, I don't know, which is Shazam. I just got back from watching it opening night, so everything's fresh in my mind right now, and I'm going to be breaking down my thoughts on the movie and my first impressions, because obviously I haven't seen this twice yet, and I'll be talking about the hits and the misses, what I liked, what I didn't like, so on and so forth, and I'll be doing this in two separate ways. First up, it's going to be a non-spoiler version. If you don't want anything spoiled, that's the section, obviously, that you would want to listen to, and you can go on with all the confidence in the world that the movie won't be ruined for you. But if you don't mind, or maybe you want to know the spoilers, then what will be following that will be the spoiler section. So I'll give you a warning before that's the case, no matter what. So I have no necessary notes 100% that I'm going by on this. I'm just kind of going off the cuff. And in our spoiler-free section now, I want to start things off by just giving you an idea of my perception of the character and my familiarity with it and everything. So Shazam, or Captain Marvel, as you would want to call him, it kind of depends. They're pretty much just going with Shazam at this point because Captain Marvel is pretty much just like a a Marvel-related thing, and I don't blame them for that either. But this has never been a character that I've been super fond of. It's a little hokey. It's very old school, and not that old school is bad, because I love Superman, I love Batman, and, you know, there's different pluses and minuses to different things over the years, but it's never been something that I've ever thought was, like, the most interesting superhero. It's kind of wish fulfillment for kids, and once you get past that age, it loses a little bit of that uh, that mystique or, you know, that charm behind it. And then at that point, you have to just assess whether or not you like the character and you like the villains that he uh, faces and the supporting characters and so on and so forth. And I've never really found Billy Batson to be the best. Um, Billy Batson to me, from the medium that I've seen, and I haven't actually read a single Captain Marvel comic, like actually like picked up the paper and read one, or, you know, the digital version of it or anything like that. I've never wanted to. But I, I've seen Captain Marvel or Shazam or whatever as a bit player or a utility player or something to play off of in things like Justice League. And to me, he's always kind of not as interesting as Superman, but can be kind of fun depending on what you do with him. Usually, I feel like The Flash is better as the uh, comic relief for, you know, a Justice League team, and Shazam is kind of the secondary comic relief, and sometimes people write Hal Jordan like that, and uh, I don't know. I mean, I've got my problems with the Green Lanterns as well, too. I kind of want to combine all the Green Lanterns into one and have the positive things of Hal and John and Jessica and, you know, all of them, like, just merge them all into one character, and then it would be amazing. But Shazam is something that I have no attachment to, and I am familiar with some things, but it's not like Batman, where Batman, you know, if somebody brings out Birthday Boy, I'm going to be like, oh my god, that's a reference to Birthday Boy, or Calendar Man, or, you know, with the Spider-Man series, if somebody were to drop a name like Smythe, I would know exactly that it's either Alistair or Spencer, or you know, uh, Mendel Strom is not a character that is completely lost on me because I know about Gaunt and 
you know, I'm not the most most familiar. I can't tell you what the issue was and stuff, but I know a lot of these side characters in some of these other stories. And Superman's another one, and to a certain extent, some other kind of characters, you know, Captain America, I know about the Serpent Society and so on. But Captain Marvel, Shazam, whatever, very outskirts kind of uh, perspective from me. So I was familiar with some things enough to catch some references, and I was unfamiliar with some other things that maybe the changes that they made were not uh, translating to me in a way that people that were real hardcore fans would either really, really love or really, really hate. So keep that in mind, too. If you're a big Shazam fan, and I'm sure that you've already seen the movie and you probably don't care about my opinion at this point, but if you're a huge fan of the character, then you may love or hate some things more than I did. And if you are completely unfamiliar with some things, then I think that maybe you might not get as much out of it. I got some positives out of some things that I knew in this movie, more so than some things that were just very generalized. My overall perspective of the movie is that it's okay. It's maybe a C plus on a grading scale. It was funny in some parts, and you know I laughed out loud at some parts and stuff. But it took forever to get started, and a lot of things were very generalized and a little bland, and kind of lacked like something to it that could have differentiated it from some other kind of superhero movies and stuff. And this felt very, uh, this is a good way to put it. This felt very early superhero boom, as opposed to the era that we're in right now, where things are trying to say something, you know, the winter soldier was like, let's do this theme of a movie and say something about, uh, you know, the Patriot act. And, You've got like the Dark Knight type movies and you got even something like Infinity War isn't 100% trying to say anything with a political message. It kind of is, but, you know, it doesn't – things don't need to have political messages. I'm not trying to get that point across. But when it seems like a movie like Shazam is kind of taking more along the lines of what Daredevil did, and by that I mean the movie as opposed to the TV show, then it's a little paint-by-numbers sort of. And – What's weird about that is it's paint-by-numbers, but it's paint-by-numbers with multiple different types of movies that some of the which are trying to go and do stuff that's, like, lampshading. And by that I mean, like, for instance, they took inspiration, for sure, from things like Deadpool. And I don't know if Shazam is the character to really do that with. And you, know, you can't do that with Batman, you can't do that with Superman, but at the same time... He's not supposed to be breaking the fourth wall 100%, and that's something that kind of bugged me a little bit, but I'll get more into that uh, in more of the spoiler section. Um, it was fine. It was good in some parts. It was bad in some parts. Like, just like, ooh, that's really bad. Like, for instance, the CGI in this one section of the, you know, some of the villains, really just not up to par. And acting-wise, uh, everybody kind of did their part fine. There's no real standouts to me. I'll dive deeper into that in the spoiler part. But everybody kind of hit their marks well enough. And I don't feel like anybody's really going to be talking about this as like, wow, that person really made a name for themselves in this one or whatever. Maybe one of them. Maybe uh, the little girl who plays Darla. But Zachary Levi was as good of a Shazam as I was hoping that we could have gotten. 
and that's really where the movie kind of like excels is when he is hamming it up and he's playing into being a teenager that just found out that he's got superpowers and everything. Those are probably the best parts of the movie and it takes about what felt like 45 minutes to get to that part. And then you had about uh, 15 minutes worth of that before you start getting into some of the other things. You get a little bit, bit of stuff peppered in here and there, but I feel like we needed a little bit more of that. So, uh, this, uh, I don't know, this isn't really so much spoilery, but I feel like this needed less of Savannah and more of the family and more of the Marvel approach, sort of, where Marvel, and it's not a flawless thing, it's not something that should apply to everything, but I think that it works for the most part, which is Marvel spends more time on the superhero and less time on the villain, and that makes for weaker villains but it makes for stronger superheroes and with this one i felt like they spent a little bit too much time on the villain not enough time on the supporting characters for some of them like the wizard for instance to be able to build up enough that i would want to see another one of these movies so ultimately and again i'm going to dive into more specifics but ultimately do i think it's a hit or a miss i lean towards a very 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 weak hit so that is my spoiler-free section, and if you don't want to know about all the things that are going to be dissected and, you know, minutia and all that other kind of stuff, then uh, yeah, going forward, that's what it's going to be. So warning, 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 there's your red alert. Uh, <laughs> from now on, we're going into spoiler territory. So let's dive a little bit deeper here. Let's go with the titular character, Shazam, Billy Batson, Captain Marvel. They never refer to Captain Marvel at all in the movie, which I think is a little bit of a miss because, you know, for a movie that has this tone that is kind of breaking the fourth wall a little bit here and there, they really should have had some kind of a joke that said, you know, um, they do a whole thing with the movie. And this is something that this is a positive and it's a little bit of a negative, too, but they don't give him a name. And they're trying to figure out a name, and he's Captain Sparklefingers, and he's uh, Captain Thunder, I think is what they had referred to, which is, if they did, then that's a reference to the comics as well, and Major major Electricity or whatever like that, uh, or was it Maximum maximum Velocity or whatever, and you could call me Max, like that, that stuff was kind of fun. It was also a little bit silly at some parts, because, I mean... I kind of would have liked to have seen some kind of an actual superhero name, but that's kind of difficult because maybe they can't actually have him say Captain Marvel. I don't really know, but they could have done some kind of a joke about that and been like, what about, I don't know, Captain something, Captain, like, what about Marvel? And they would have been like, I don't know, it's probably like taken or, you know, like they've done jokes like that in other movies. So maybe I guess they don't really need it. Um, but that is something that I think that they would probably have to kind of address if they do a separate movie, because now, We've got, you know, he can't say my name is Shazam and the kids can't do that either because, spoiler alert again, spoiler section, the kids all get their superpowers. So, um, yeah, just one of those things, uh, kind of a hit, kind of a miss. But Zachary Levi, he is great in the part and I think that he's a major hit. Uh, the kid who plays the younger Billy, uh, Asher Angel or Asher Angel, I think it's Asher, he is fine. Um, he is not the strongest point, but at the same time, no real complaints. 
the kid who plays Freddie Freeman, he is quite good. He is a hit for sure. Freddie is in many ways kind of a different type of um like the, he's sort of the straight man, but he's also kind of the comic relief. He kind of just plays off of the Billy character quite a bit and all that. So, uh, Freddie's a Freddie's a hit. The rest of the family. Let's go with the family. Um, we've got Victor and Rosa Vasquez. Now, this is something that was confusing to me because, from what my familiarity was, there was a character that I couldn't remember the name of, and it was just apparently Uncle. Uh, Uncle Dudley, and I was familiar with him in the sense that there was some animated material like Young Justice, which had shown him and everything, and I thought that that was his guardian. I didn't know about this whole foster home with multiple other people and all that. I had thought, based off of the older stuff, that there was just essentially Mary Marvel and Marvel... Captain Marvel Jr., Marvel Boy, or whatever they, they called him. I think it's Captain Marvel Jr. And I was unfamiliar with, for instance, uh, Pedro and Eugene and Darla, as well as Victor and uh, and Rosa, because I had thought that it was just Billy living with Uncle Dudley. No Uncle Dudley in the movie, as far as I can tell, but there's Darla Dudley, and that's her name. So... I'm kind of curious what the whole deal is with that. Um, maybe if they are able to do a second movie, maybe she has some other kind of family member and they refer to him as Uncle Dudley. I don't really know. That one's comp- uh, completely lost on me. So if you have any ideas of what they are going to potentially do, drop a comment below. But I don't know. Maybe like apparently there was a thing in the TV show in the 70s where they had a character that was somewhat based off of Uncle Dudley, which was just called Mentor. So maybe they have some kind of like wizard who helps them like learn more about their powers or something in the sequel. And they just refer to him, you know, ah, you need some kind of a, a real name. So let's call you uncle Dudley or, you know what I mean? Maybe they'll do something like that. I don't know. But, uh, Darla was pretty adorable. She is, uh, a funnier character in this and she was a hit. Um, Eugene, uh, I lean a little bit more towards a miss on Eugene. It's maybe it's a little bit on the nose to have the little Asian kid be the one that's like doing the whole tech side of things. I don't really know. Um, but he's just sort of uh, kids these days with their Fortnites and their uh and their Minecrafts and those kind of you know what I mean. It, it, that didn't land uh, so well with me. Pedro was pretty much a miss. He doesn't really say anything. He doesn't really do anything. So there's really nothing to go with on that one. Mary, uh, my first thought was, wow, she's pretty. And my second thought was, I'm very glad that they actually have her as an older character and not somebody who's just like Billy's the leader of the whole bunch because he's the oldest type of thing. Having her be, I don't know, I guess kind of like the responsible one of the mix, that's a good counterpoint because you've got uh freddie is you know on the like the funnier kind of side and billy's on like the uh, i wouldn't call him like a delinquent but yeah he's delinquent you know he fucks up that whole cop car and all that other kind of stuff so yeah he's like the the bad one essentially and pedro is just sort of fucking there like he's not serving much purpose and eugene's got a little bit of a dark side to him and darla's 
like, you know, uh, the ADD kind of kid and whatever. So Mary being like the dead mother of the bunch, I like that quite a bit. So I liked Mary. She was a hit. And Victor and Rosa, they come off as a very loving couple. And I I liked that 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 wasn't like a an issue, you know? Like, it's a foster family and it's nice to see in something... Because it's not always true in, in reality, but sometimes it is true that sometimes people just want to have foster kids and they're just nice fucking people. So I really like that. And I like that they weren't in danger at any point. The kids were in danger at some point, but Victor and Rosa, they were just looking out for the kids. So that was a little bit of a subversion. I like that quite a bit. And uh, and I liked, you know, some different parts of the movie where, like, Victor's putting up the Christmas tree and the light bulbs get all messed up and he's like, oh, I was just putting a bulb on and it's really because of the Shazam thing. Like that was kind of funny and stuff. Um, let's see what we got here. Uh, well, if we're talking about the family, we got to talk about the fact that they become the, you know, the Marvel family. And that is one of the biggest hits for this movie for me, because not only did I feel like if they wouldn't have done that, it would have been a mistake, but I also would have been a little bit upset if they would have saved that for the post credit scene or something, because then you're like, ah, oh, I gotta wait in the, the second movie for that, and you didn't need to in this because this isn't the type of movie that you've got so much to pull from that you need to spread it out over the course of six movies or something like that. So just cut straight to it. You needed it kind of, and I really liked how they put some some like real people. Uh, this is not like other people aren't real people, but you know I could recognize some of these people like. Um, Adam Brody being the older version of Freddy, fucking great casting. And not only was that funny because it was good casting, but it's funny because Adam Brody and DJ Catrona, who is the older version of Pedro, those were supposed to be two of the people that were supposed to be in the original Justice League that they had done, Justice League Mortal. Adam Brody was going to be The Flash, and DJ Catrona was going to be Superman. So now that we got to see them play these other characters, we got to kind of see a little taste of what they would have potentially have been. And I got to tell you, I always liked the idea of Adam Brody being the Flash. And more so now, I'm like, mm, that was a missed opportunity, I think. DJ Katrona, I don't think that he would have been a good Superman. But he fits the bill for being this older, you know, better version of uh, Pedro. And... I dug that quite a bit. I thought that was really cool. Michelle Borth being the older version of uh, of Grace Fulton's uh, Mary, I was like, that's kind of interesting because she seems like she's already, you know, an adult. But, you know, the casting was well. Like, she looks like she could be the older version of her. So I, I like that quite a bit. Uh, I didn't, I'm not familiar with Ross Butler, so I can't really say much about him. But Megan Good being Darla she might have been the standout because first off, actually just a side note, did she lose age? Like, did she de-age a little bit from minority report? The TV show that was out a couple of years ago. Cause she looked older then than she did in this, which, you know, maybe that's just, I don't know, like skincare routine or something like that. But I think it might be partially just because of her acting and because of the way that they positioned her. And that was done really well because I got the feeling that she was an older Darla and, you know, she acted like a little kid and everything like that. So Megan Good was very good. Let's just do that pun. Why not? Uh, I really liked that they all had their powers. And I think that that's a great way to go going forward because then you can have some infighting and you could have some kind of like, well, you know, 
I'm older than you. I should use my powers and you shouldn't, Darla. Or, you know, Pedro doesn't really necessarily want to fight people all the time because he's just sort of, you know, I don't know. You can play around with some different things like that. I will say, though, uh, the wizard, Shazam himself, like that version, Jaman Hounsu, uh, he leaves a lot to be uh, left for the imagination. Uh, the wizard is not a, f- a character that I know like the personality of, so I can't be like, he wasn't funny and he's supposed to be or, you know, whatever, but he just was sort of there. And I don't know. I just, that's a miss for me. Um, the wizard was a plot device and that's it. So thumbs down on that. Thumbs down for uh, Savannah. Savannah was very bland and Mark Strong is better than that. He looked like Dr. Savannah, and as far as I'm aware, he's never had those kind of powers in the comics and stuff, but I know that they need to actually have them fight somebody, so that's another thing, but I did not like the Seven Sins monsters. The CGI was awful at certain parts and just okay at other parts, so that's a big, big miss for me. Big miss. Character-wise, other than that, I don't think that there's anybody really else to talk about. I mean, there's two bullies, and they're kind of funny, but they're also just sort of generic bullies. I laughed really hard when they did the part where he's like, oh, I spit on a baby, and I might have been one of the only people that were actually laughing about that in the theater, so uh, it goes to show you uh, what I'm like as a person, I guess. Um, yeah, I... Character-wise, also, I guess I could lump this into the characters. They mentioned Superman, they mentioned Batman quite a bit, and no real mentions of Wonder Woman. Thought that that was kind of strange a little bit, but they they play it off as if they're in the same universe, but that they're not. And I didn't like that. I didn't like that tone. I didn't like how you're supposed to believe that Batman is a real person in this that is throwing the batarang around and you know being fucking Batman. Yet at the same time, they're fighting in a department store in a mall, and there's Batman action figures. It seemed like tone-wise that this was fifty-fifty. This was, somebody got on board making this movie, wanting it to be Deadpool, and another person got on board making wanting it to be an actual superhero movie within the universe. So that conflicted. I think that was a big miss, and a big big miss was. They do this thing at the end. It's a credit scene, um, a pre-credit scene. I think it's the very last shot of the movie. And Superman essentially pops up. But you can 100% tell that that is not Henry Cavill. And it just comes off very cheap. So that's disappointing. That's another miss. Uh, I didn't like the end credits being all... um, animated like Spider-Man Homecoming because it just felt like they were ripping off Spider-Man Homecoming and that's a miss for me as well I if I'm gonna go with uh, tone and I'm gonna go with um, you know some other kind of things that are going along with that a lot of people approach this movie as big in like superhero form and they reference big you know they've got the little keyboard that they're well not the little keyboard the big keyboard that they're standing on and they you know do a little reference to that so i caught that one and that was like meh that's kind of funny but really nothing all that special uh big is a better movie than this 
Uh, I'm not one of those people that thinks that Big is like the best movie ever, but I think bigger Big is better. They actually here's a, another character thing, and I didn't know about this, but this is a big, uh, oddly enough, a big hit for me. I was looking up some references, some some things here and there, just to kind of get a feel of a little bit more before I started this review, and I came across the character Mister Talky Tawny, who is like an anthropomorphic tiger kind of a part of the Marvel family, kind of a side sort of thing. It's like a Howard the Duck type of thing, you know, sort of mixed in together. And never knew that that character existed, but they incorporate a tiger in this as the stuffed animal that Billy wants at the carnival. And I think that that was a reference to that. And you know what? Kudos to them for doing a little reference to that because I love those kind of things. And if this was something that I was more into, like Spider-Man, Batman, Superman, I would have understood that a little bit more. And that would have made me go, oh, look at that, the tiger. That's probably the tiger, you know? But since I didn't get that until after the movie, it's still a a big positive because fans that were into that kind of stuff would get it. And I think that's really cool that they incorporated that. So big thumbs up. That's a hit for me on that. Music-wise, um, there's no real theme that I took away from this, and some of the songs that are in the movie are just kind of jokes and yeah, whatever. Uh, special effects, I, I talked about the CGI of the monsters is really bad, but the rest of the special effects are okay. The action is okay. It's nothing special. It's not really a hit. It's not really a miss. The plot itself is extremely generic, so it's a little bit more of a miss on that one. And... Other kind of miscellaneous stuff. I don't know. What else can pop in my mind right now? The suit looks okay. Uh, <laughs> that's about it. That's popping in my mind right now. But my overall perspective of the movie, I think that it's fine and it's nothing special. It's something that if you have the time to go see and you've got something like an AMC A list where you've pretty much already paid for your ticket, then go ahead and check it out. But if you have a lot more stuff to do and you don't really want to necessarily pay to see this in theaters, I don't blame you. Maybe check it out on Netflix or something like that. Or, well, they probably won't give it to Netflix now that they've got the DC Universe streaming platform. But, you know, somewhere down the line, if you can check it out, you know, a friend buys it or something, then watch it there. It's not a must-see movie for sure. And it's not bad. It's just all right. And that's about it. So I want to hear what you guys have to say about this movie. Drop your comments below and tell me what you think, whether you agree or you disagree. Just, you know, chime in and fill me in on what your hits and misses were. And if you want to be aware of the next thing that's posted up on this channel, which I have no idea what it's going to be, then hit that subscribe button on the YouTube page and ring that little bell for the notifications. You could also follow me on Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, you can find the Facebook is dot com slash fanboys anonymous. The Twitter is dot com slash fanboys anon. Fanboys Anonymous has other kinds of content going up every week, just random stuff. Weekend Geek is something I make sure I get up all the time, but you know, maybe you want to check out Six Flicks picks. Maybe there's a an extra little review, like I just did the review for Justice League versus the Fatal Four or the Fatal Five. That's what it was. Yeah. I'm thinking too much wrestling stuff. Fatal 4-Way is coming up. WrestleMania week. It's driving me crazy. But the content that's up on there, you know, that'll come up at random. So, you know, you subscribe to all these stuff. You'll figure that stuff out. And if you want to try to convince me to do some more stuff and motivate me on the monetary side of things, you can hit up the Patreon that I have for Fanboys Anonymous and donate towards those tiers that you can request certain special features and stuff. 
There's also a merchandise shop on both Redbubble and TeePublic if you want to pick up like t-shirts or clocks or, you know, bags or stickers, you know, whatever. There's a wide variety of stuff. And there's not just those, but there's a couple other things. A Mango Tees and Smart Cat Moment have TeePublic and Redbubble shops. And if you are into the wrestling side of things, check out smartcatmoment.com. You can follow me at Tony Mango and A Mango Tree and plenty of other places. So uh, if you are listening to this on YouTube, you've got that stuff covered with a like and a favorite and a subscribe and all that. If you're listening elsewhere, like iTunes or Stitcher or Anchor or Spotify or Google or whatever like that, then do me a favor, leave one of those five-star types of reviews because I'm sure that that's going to help out quite a bit. But that's going to do me in for now, everybody. Thanks for listening to this. Adios. It's time for me to geek out.